Fox Spots and Chair Shots. And people, just to start off, if y'all haven't, go subscribe to Fox Spots and Chair Shots on all platforms to make sure we get in here on Fox Spots and Chair Shots, one of the hottest podcasts out here. Definitely from the spotlight. DJ Savage represents the takeover all day. And Fox Spots and Chair Shots, check Welcome to another episode of Botch Bots and Chair Shots. I am your host, a chef by trade and a mark by choice. I am the Will Gray, and joining me tonight is an absolute legend in the women's division, no matter where you go. Joining me tonight, Miss Mickey James. Mickey, how are you? And thanks I'm for chatting so about some wrestling. Good. Thank you so much. I like the name. Thank you very much. Uh, it's one of those 50-50 chances. Everybody's either like, that's a fantastic wrestling name, or they stumble through it. Yeah. And I, I love that, though, it's because it's long. rememberable it's no a, matter what. It's a mouthful, that's for sure. Yeah. Okay, so let's start at the top. With all the successes you've had on your journey, everywhere you've been, what does this current run and impact mean to you right now in your career? Uh, it's probably the, uh, uh, one of the most important, I think, runs in my career, honestly, at a time where I was, I kind of thought that I was done or even made to feel like I was on the tail end of my career and um, more there to kind of help elevate talent in a sense. And now to be able to come back and do what, I can't tell you what this last year has meant to me. Honestly, it's like, I did not expect it. I didn't anticipate it. And um, it's been amazing. It's been incredibly amazing and the most amazing part is to like that realization of like the importance and the impact literally that you've had um with the fans and with this crop of women that are coming in now and just to the business as a whole you know like that's so powerful and it's so humbling at the same time so the knockouts women's division is arguably the top right now across the world of women's wrestling what about this locker room right now in 2022 is so special that every single woman in there, oh my God. And I always say this, the knockouts division has always been ahead of the curve and they've always had probably the best women's wrestlers on television. Um, I think that, you know, we get, there's so many opportunities there that you don't get anywhere else. And I think the, the work, because the knockouts division is really a staple of the company. Um, it really is a place where women truly have like equal opportunity and an equal voice and for me creatively as well it's like I'm, I'm such so invested creatively in like how to get there and to have that voice in there to, to help make those decisions it really makes every moment even more special because you personally are not only invested in in the person and the story but also you're part of that how the pictures get and uh, that's pretty amazing it really is. So from Tasha Stills to Jordan Grace, how does right. it how does it feel being a huge part in advancing not only your generation, but the current and next generation of the women's division of Impact Wrestling? Uh, you know, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing um, in the sense of like you always, you know, my whole goal, you know, after, especially after I won the show, because the original goal was like uh, to win the women's championship, right? And then when you're just trying to make it or whatever, that was always the end. And then as you grow, your goals change. Your goals change. And I remember when I was in training, one of the most solid pieces of advice, and I don't even think it's wrestling advice, I think it's life advice or career advice, is to leave the business better than you found it. And that's the ultimate goal. And I remember that it resonated with me so much. I feel like I still get chill bumps. And I was like, you know what? I, that's what I want to do is I want to change. Because when I was breaking in, there weren't women weren't getting these opportunities 
and we were an afterthought and we were the popcorn match and we were the, you know, comedic relief or whatever it was, that little break, we weren't taken seriously. And and I won't say we weren't taken seriously from a fan's perspective, but I think it's it's a if you can't be taken seriously backstage, then the way it's presented, then you won't be taken seriously by the fans. And until that changed, and I think it took a lot of so much work, and not from myself alone. Like obviously, miles of paved pavement before it even got to these moments where we could start getting opportunities enough to go like, no, we are the same. We are equal. If not, sometimes we're better. You know. Not to toot, I'm just tooting the horn, it is. Um, but now to see these women getting opportunities as main events, as first ever exhibition like that, 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 that match was insane. And now to this Queen of the Mountain match, which is never, women, that was always safe for women. And now that the females are getting this opportunity to have this first ever match, at such a massive show, you know, like a 20 year anniversary. I came back to Impact or started popping my head back around last year about this time. And I'm like, I, to see the growth in the locker room and also the girl, like how, what a bond it is back there because everybody's on the same fight, you know? Um, it's amazing. And it's amazing to see how much that's changed that women are actually getting into wrestling to become wrestlers, you know? And uh, yeah. It's awesome. It's do you, awesome. Do you think with the the impact women's division right now specifically is what's pushing the limits as far as progressing women's wrestling across the board, having a chance to have these matches that were specifically geared towards the male side of things, but now you guys have an opportunity to uh, yeah. showcase? Well, I think impact has always been ahead of the curve with the knockouts division. And I feel like the trend followed the rise of the knockouts. It really did before there was a give women's wrestling a chance, give divas a chance or any of that. The reason why the fans started to go to that calling was because they were seeing opportunities to women, given to women at impact of main events, of cage matches, myself included, of these things that were saved for the men's matches because those were the marquee matches. Um, and even when you say that, those were the marquee matches, but to be able to say, no, this match can headline WrestleMania, or this is the marquee match, and it's two women involved. Like, that's incredible and what ground we've broken since then. But I do firmly believe that it is because of Impact and the Knockouts Division that that whole rise of, like, no, we know, now we know what the women are capable of when given the opportunity to shine correctly and to shine brightly. So we want to see these people, these women that we love, because we know what they're capable of. And I think there's, because everything is so uh, accessible these days, so they can go back and watch these same women and watch the rise of their careers now. Whereas a lot of times before, the first time you saw uh, any character on television was when they debuted on WWE or on television, on mainstream television. That would be the first time you would see them because you wouldn't see them grinding at North Carolina Championship Wrestling or something like that, going like, oh, this person's going to be a star one day, you know? Um, but now that stuff's accessible because more people, there's it's such a uh, saturation of wrestling out there and good wrestling, whereas it wasn't always good wrestling, let's be honest. You know, I'm not saying that there isn't bad wrestling out there because there is, uh, but you could genuinely follow somebody from their beginning 
to watch them and follow them on a journey. And I'm like, I still have fans that uh, Steve, for example, has followed me from day one. Steve Finn, and he found me when I was little, like Cesare and Ring of Honor. And he's still one of my number one fans to this day. But when you have someone like fans like that that can follow you on your journey and they really feel, and they are a part of the success of your career, like that's so, so special. So throughout the rich 20-year history of Impact, you did participate in a match in 2003 when you were involved with Raven, the Clockwork Orange House of Fun match. Yes. Okay, it was a vicious and violent affair. How do you prepare for being the first and only woman to date in TNA Impact history to perform in that match, to have a well, match like that? I will say I'm the first woman, first and only woman for about a decade that competed in that match. Oh, so my research was wrong. Well, no, because the next Clockwork Orange House of Fun match was with Daphne, and it was like 10 years later, and was Taylor Wilde involved in that match? It was them. Was that the match? I'm not. I have to Google this. <laughs> I do know that Daphne was in it because I remember the day she called and she's like, I'm doing the Clockwork Orange House of Fun match. <laughs> and no one's done it since you, sis. And I was like, oh my God. Um, but it, it was crazy. And it wasn't something that, I mean, that was also off of the, you know, ECW was kind of. Well, almost gone at that point. It was fizzling out. And then you'd see women do crazy stuff on that, but it was more like sexually driven or like whatever. Whereas that match was, there was, and Jeff treated me like a man out there. Like he saw me as an equal in the sense of I, there was nothing that I di did that I was uncomfortable doing because I trusted him with my life. And I was very blessed to have that opportunity not only to sit underneath the burning tree of Raven who is, you know, a crazy genius. Um, but also Jeff, who's also a genius in this business. And to be able to sit and, and be put in that position and for them to trust me with a lot of those things. And it wasn't like I fancied myself ever as a hardcore wrestler. I still don't fancy myself. Hardcore country is in the name and I will go hardcore. But at the same time, like, I was also very taught very old school and traditional wrestling style. So um, it was really cool and it was so fun. And I was so young and hungry and just excited to get this opportunity, especially as a woman who didn't get, they didn't get to do this stuff. And I could beat up Jeff Jarrett and hit him with kendo sticks and chair. And I even took chair shots and like the hip toss into the, the thing. And I bounced <laughs> off of it because I'm like so much lighter than the boys. Yeah. So I thought in my mind that I was going to like go through it. That did not happen. I like ricocheted off of it and bounced back into the ring, you know, because it's a pretty sturdy offense. Jane Lee Prince is a pretty sturdy object. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> and then to do the table, and I remember going through the towels, like, man, this is crazy. <laughs> so. You've been a force to be reckoned with in the Impact's Knockouts division on and off since day one. Rich 20-year history. What are your favorite Impact moments? Oh, God. I think, obviously, coming in and being able to create and almost, like, redefine myself and reestablish myself as hardcore country. That, that coming in, I think because I was in such a weird place in my heart about it when I first came in. Uh, but then... The, the way the fans reacted and they gravitated to hardcore country. I was like, this is right. This feels like this is so right. Um, the cage match with Tara 
that was that whole feud and stuff. And I, and I love the fact that I didn't come in and just win the champion straight, straight away. Uh, because I wanted to, uh, I felt like I wanted to have that chance to reestablish myself anyway and um, change that vision. But also, so that cage match, main event of the show, women's cage match, probably the first time women have been ever in a cage match, um, especially there and jumping off that cage was insane. Um, God, I have so many. Um, the, the Texas death match with Deanna is up there. It's probably one of my favorite matches of all time in my career. And I think because it was on this comeback of like self-doubt and a lot of these things that kind of factored into it. And can I still hang with this new talent? And um, I put Deanna up there as one of the best wrestlers in the world, period. Like it's definitely one of the best women I've ever stepped in the ring with. Um, but also the stuff with Tasha was fun, you know? Uh, I've had so many moments or like when I was able to, my husband and I never really teamed together. So that whole stuff that we did with Graham at the time, or even the James Storm, except for the train, I got to show up with Graham. I don't know if you guys But the stuff with Graham was awesome. Like, it was really, really cool. And to be able to work with my husband, that was that was wild. Um, everything with the power, being able to come back and build all of that, you know? Uh, and now this Queen of the Mountain match, first time ever. And I don't know if you know this or not, but I've inserted myself in the match because that's what legends do. Breaking news, ladies Breaking and gentlemen. News. I have inserted myself in a very, uh, I won't say precarious, but in a very like um, Switzerland position. I am the special enforcer to make sure everything is up on, on the up and up. There's obviously I have history with Deanna Perrazzo. I have history with Tasha Steeles. Clearly, and for the last three months, I kind of sat back and I'm like, what is it next for me? Like, what is that thing? Um, and, um, you know, I felt like I want to come back and I want to see this. I don't want to take away from the moment of like these, all these women getting this opportunity and Williams come back and all these former champions, Jordan Grace, you know, they're Chelsea Green, who's been a massive. I did not expect to use such a massive thorn in my side, but here we are. Um, and I just want to make sure that maybe Chelsea doesn't win and um, the right woman wins the match. And also so I can kind of scope out the landscape of what's in the future for Mickey James because someone's got to lose to me, let's be honest. <laughs> okay, one, quick, uh, one last Am quick question before uh, we let you go. With Impact returning home to Nashville, can you speak briefly on what Nashville means to you on the city? Oh my God, yeah. Uh, Nashville. Nashville, and I think back to Alexis Lurie 20 years ago, and I mean, without Impact and without the birth of Impact Wrestling here in Nashville, honestly, and so much groundwork that happened here, uh, I don't know what Mickey James' career would have looked like, you know? And so I obviously to come back and to know that throughout all the adversaries and throughout every sometimes opinions of like oh what's going to happen to impact and they have not only produced some of the best talent and the history of like everything of people that you see now on television but provided some incredible historic moments of, of these different types of matches that you would never see but uh, it's special to me because it was birthed here in Nashville and I obviously love Nashville because not just because of wrestling but because of music and it's pretty much my home now and um it's going to be 30 minutes down the road. So I know that the fans and attendants are going to be really excited. Obviously, there's going to be surprises. And uh, the people who have influenced 
you know, the success of Impact over the last 20 years. And it's going to be a great night. And I'm just grateful to be a part of it and to still be here 20 years later. Excellent. Mickey, I appreciate you so much for stopping by and oh, chatting about some wrestling and having you on. Thank you very Thank much. You. Hello, everybody. Botch Pots and Chair Shots is super excited today about our guest joining me tonight. Uh, another star from the Impact's Knockout Division, Miss Gail Kim. Gail, how are you? Hi, good. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for coming on and chatting about some wrestling with me. Uh, with all the successes you've had everywhere you've been on your journey, what personally right now about the Impact's Knockouts Division is so special? Oh, my gosh. You know what? It's, it's mostly... Kind of the growth of where it's been because I've been there since day one, right? In 2007, when we brought in the title, and to see what it's grown into I mean, essentially almost 20 girls on the roster, all having a valued position in the company. It's just, you know, Awesome Kong got inducted into the Hall of Fame last year, and Tracy Brooks, who was one of the original knockouts, were all there, kind of a reunion of sorts. and. We had all the girls lined up on the stage to support Awesome Kong. And I had two separate conversations with Kong and Tracy. And they both literally became so emotional and said the exact same thing. That they were so proud and they were so amazed to see what the Knockouts division has become. And how diverse it was and all kinds of, just like how we started out. You know, a character for every hand to uh, connect with, to love. And so it's just grown in size. It's essentially double the, the double the size. The importance of the Nafas division has only grown. It's continued to be a cornerstone for our company. And um, we can only see it grow from here. Uh, so the Knockouts division right now, arguably top of the world of women's wrestling. What about is that locker room is so special in 2022? Oh, I just think, you know, I, I talk about this all the time. It's almost like Impact Wrestling has always kind of been this little underdog. So we really do come together like a family to show everyone that we can be the best wrestling product in the world. Um, you know, we give a lot of opportunities to people who may not have gotten those opportunities elsewhere, like a Mia Yim, a Deanna Perrazzo, you know, all these people who never felt like they could be their authentic selves are given that opportunity to take that ball and run with it. And they really have. It's just a place where... We're giving we give these people the platform to shine, and they always do. So the Queen of the Mountain match coming up at Slammiversary. What do you think it says for the women's division to be able to stand on their own with a match like this now? Yeah, I mean, it says a lot. The the company essentially really believes in this woman. You know, just a couple of months ago, we had the Ultimate X match for the very first time, and. I, I tell the story now because the girls fought for that match. They said, we want this match. And, you know, they didn't say yes right away. They're like, oh, can you guys do it? Then, you know, it takes a lot of body strength. It takes a lot. And they had the structure up one day at a TV table for the men. And the girls got on the management and said, we want to do this match. And they said, well, can you even climb it? These girls just started climbing it. I was there. I watched them do it. And they convinced the company, yeah. We're going to take the chance on doing that. The girls delivered. And now when it came to the most important pay-per-view we've had probably ever, the 20th anniversary, Slammiversary, they didn't even have to beg for it. They didn't have to ask for it. They didn't have to fight for it. The company gave it to them because they believed in their ability. They knew, they know that they're going to deliver. The five competitors in this match, all former knockout world champions. I just believe in it. I don't even know who's going to win in this one. It's going to be highly competitive. So from you've said their names, you've rattled off your list from Tasha yeah. Stills through Jordan Grace, yeah. all the women's in this knockout division. How does it feel to be one of the, the veterans in the locker room to help these the, the younger and next generation uh, stars to come up? It's incredible because, you know, when you retire from in ring, 
most athletes, whether you're in wrestling or any other sport, you miss it and you want to be back in that ring. But it's given me such complete fulfillment. Uh, the set, you know, things that I thought I would miss, I'm getting out of these girls growing and watching them develop and becoming stars and accomplishing everything that they want to accomplish. You know, I know those feelings. I can identify with them. To see them when they have when they kill it in the ring, I have that high with them. I ride that roller coaster of emotions with them. So to see them accomplish these huge things that even my generation never got to do, I, I'm really proud. Really, really proud. So you said yourself, you've been a force in the Impact Women's Division pretty much since day one. Plus the 20-year rich history that Impact has. What are some of your favorite Impact moments, both in the Knockouts Division and outside? Wow, I mean, there's so many things. Uh, being on Spike TV, where that level of uh, that, you know, what's the word? Uh, platform. Mm -hmm. It was incredible at that time, and we're, you know, a pretty big company, and we're family then, and we're a family now. And I just feel like, you know, I've worked with Scott Demore from the independent days. I've known him for 20 years, and now he's the leader for us. And what a leader he is! He's really turned us around because you know we go through roller coasters, ups and downs, just in the business in general, not just our company. But we feel. Like we're in such a great place where we feel as a roster, such that camaraderie. I felt it before, but I really feel it strongly now being in a management position and having more women by my side and having a leader like Scott who really is supportive and uh, we create this environment where people feel like they can be themselves and just succeed being an extension of their true authentic self. So Impact continues to see year-over-year year growth. Do you think this speaks to what the company is doing and how Scott's leading the company right oh, now? yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, it took a couple of years for us to kind of change perception in the fans' minds. And I feel like I never see anything negative anymore. It's just like positivity. And the fans are really rooting for us. And they really believe in our product and the storytelling from, you know, our creative department to our production. Like, everyone just is exceeding above and beyond and i just see a bright future for us okay so slammiversary is the homecoming for you guys yeah. you're coming home to nashville i'm a nashville native yeah. uh what are your yeah. favorite things about the city oh my gosh well i've been here i mean during covid we were here essentially the whole time i love nashville it's such a booming i mean it's been booming for years now um but it's just lively the energy actually in the food scene i am married to chef so <laughs> i have to say i'm all about the foodie scene and i've experienced so many great foodie moments here it's incredible excellent Gail. well i really appreciate you taking a chance thank to you. stop by and uh taking your time to chat with me about some wrestling i appreciate it thank you so much now as we close another episode of Botch Bots and Chair Shots, I want to take a minute and thank you for listening. Remind you to go anywhere you do anything on the internet. Facebook, Instagram, iHeartRadio, Spotify, literally you have all the options. Remember to like, follow, subscribe, unsubscribe, then subscribe again. Leave a comment telling us how great we are, how terrible we sound. Either way, it helps the algorithm and it helps find new listeners. If you're feeling really generous and be one of those VIP people, head over to Patreon.com and help donate to the cause. The Smacked Raw Podcast Network. You donate some money, you get some free swag, we get some fantastic guests and equipment. It is a win-win. As always, I'm your host, a chef by trade and mark by choice. I am the Will Gray. Thanks for stopping by and listening, my people. Botch Spots and Share Shots. And people, just to start off, if y'all haven't, go subscribe to Botch Spots and Share Shots.
on all platforms. Make sure we're here on Box Box and Chair Shots, one of the hottest podcasts out here. Definitely from the spotlight. DJ Savage representing Takeo, Takeo all day. And Box Box and Chair Shots, Jeff Savage.